Welcome back into another edition of our Arrowhead Pride interview series. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and it's a pleasure to be joined by Jason Martin, 104.5 The Zone, down in Nashville. What's going on, Jason? Going well, going well. Uh, big win for the team here locally on Monday, and they yeah. already knew that the Bills were the start of a tough stretch with your guys coming up six days later and representing the right. AFC in the last couple of Super Bowls. So it's exciting times here in Nashville. Even though I'm a Denver Broncos fan, I'll say that up front. So that doesn't oh necessarily gosh. endear me anymore to your audience. Look at this. It's it's now you have doubled the audience turning off the podcast within the first yeah. minute. We can't, yeah. we can't have no. Just kidding, of course. We are happy that you're able to provide some analysis. What was the reaction to the Monday night win? I'd imagine it was a little bit unexpected, right? Yeah, I mean, Titans fans, they're a unique breed in that I think they've had their hearts broken a lot, but they are eternally optimistic about, and they feel like their team sometimes might be better than it is on the field, and a lot of times that leads them to feel like I'm overly pessimistic, but I'm one of the few people (laughs) back on August the 3rd, I said the Titans would win the Super Bowl over the Rams. That was my Super Bowl pick. And, you know, I feel better about it after Monday, but the one thing that they also know because they've watched this team, especially under Mike Vrabel, is it doesn't matter who the opponent is, Pete. It matters only which Titans team decides to show up. Because the Titans can lose to the Jets and give Zach Wilson his only win as a rookie and make him look good doing so. And then they can knock the number one team in the power rankings across much of the NFL landscape, the Buffalo Bills, completely off with a Monday night win. They've done this forever. They lose weird games, but they beat Tom Brady. They lose weird games, but they beat Carson Wentz in overtime the year after his MVP almost season before he gets injured. So you just never know. It's, It's literal Forrest Gump. That's that's what the Tennessee <laughs> Titans are. They're like a box of chocolates. Why do you think that is? Do you have any rhyme or reason for why they're so up and down? I don't really – I've never been able to understand it, but I've always just thought that the first step to being a good team is beating the teams you're supposed to beat. Sure. Being The next step is beating the breaks off the teams that you're supposed to beat and competing against absolutely anybody. But you're never really going to take the step you have to until you can stack W's against quality and not quality, meaning don't play down to one opponent and up to another. Don't show up on prime time and then, you know, not show up at a noon kickoff against the Jacksonville Jaguars and things like that. They're just a really weird Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team. They have a they have a ton of talent. And they've got a coach that understands what it's like to win Super Bowls because he did it as a player. Um, right. So it's just a, it's an odd. I don't, I can't really explain it honestly. It makes it sometimes infuriating to <laughs> cover the team because trying right. to predict the games, it's just like I'm going to start flipping a coin at some point. I actually did that two years ago. I'm like, I'm going to stop trying to predict what the <laughs> Titans are going to do week in and week out. At the end of my, at the time I was doing a 6 p.m. show. I flipped a coin, heads, Titans win, tails, they lost. And I did that for the entire season. I probably came up with about the same number I would have had I actually put real analysis into my predictions. Well, let's let's move on to something that we know has been the beacon of consistency for the Titans, at least so far this year. That, of course, is running back Derrick Henry. We've, we've buried the lead long enough. This has just been an amazing stretch for him from afar. It's been amazing to watch. What have you noticed from Henry that maybe we – aren't been or haven't been able to gather from a national standpoint as we look from afar i don't know that i've seen anything you haven't seen but one thing that i've always found intriguing is 
this city, at least, I mean, and I'm a, I'm a transplant. I was commuting for a while from Kentucky, but I, I started working for the zones and intern back in 2012. I'm from the Carolinas. I was born in Virginia and grew up in the Carolinas where there wasn't an NFL team. But the time that I've been here, the Titans haven't been all that good here until the last few years when they've made some playoff runs and of course made an AFC title game and lost to your guys uh, a couple of years ago, but they haven't had superstars beat like they haven't had. And when I mean superstar, I mean, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, they haven't had guys that people outside this market should care about. So I know what I felt like watching Marshawn Lynch. I know what I felt like when I saw the Seahawks were going to be on somebody's schedule. I'm going to watch that because I want to see what beast mode does. And the same thing with a top flight quarterback or a top flight wide receiver or whatever it is. There's got to be some reason to watch. So I would turn the question back and ask you from afar, what do you think of when you like when you hear the Titans, do you immediately start to think of Derrick Henry? Like it's hard for me. I think it's one of those. Yeah, I think it's one of those rare teams and you don't really see it that much in the NFL anymore where you hear a team's name and you instantly think of the running back. I mean, how common is that? It's typically the quarterback. Maybe it, it is a wide receiver or something like that. But yeah, to me, it's the Tennessee Titans synonymous with this running back for sure. Yeah, but in terms of what he does, I mean, you see it. I mean, he's 200 yards clear of everybody else. His, right. his, his touchdown numbers, he's hit double figures already. The pace he's on, I don't know whether or not he can keep it up, but if he does... He could be the NFL MVP in a quarterback's league. And and Dan Patrick said this a couple of days ago, and I thought it was a really interesting take about Derrick Henry. He said, teams are not geared anymore to stop what Derrick Henry does. He's Mm -hmm. out of his era, and the Titans have bet on that because they have a cyborg in the backfield, basically. Like, teams... It, it's it's the same thing in the NBA. You're trying to stop the three. Steph Curry broke basketball, so everybody tries to either outscore or stop the three. Mahomes and, and you guys in Kansas City and what Andy Reid was doing, it became let's stop that and let's find out how to stop Lamar Jackson. And to some degree, neither one of those has been determined yet. The Titans are playing this old-school football, and the defense just isn't geared to stop that kind right. of a running attack. And as a result, you add to it just his natural skills and the underrated speed. I would say that's the one thing that people don't get. He's not a first-level runner. He's a second-level runner. Mm-hmm. If you want to stop Derrick Henry, you got to get him early and you got to get him high. You're not going to take him down with ankle tackles, but he he wins by attrition, Pete. First three quarters, he might get three. He might get four, but they're just going to keep handing it to him. That's, that's the game plan for the Tennessee Titans. And then all of a sudden you look up and he gets a 76-yard run or he gets a 95-yard run, or he chunks off a 20, a 25, a 17, something like that in the fourth quarter, and then you look up and he's got 150 yards. Like that, That is how he does what he does. Then on the flip side, I will say this. In pass protection, he's a liability, which mm-hmm. is why he's often off the field in third-down situations. They bring somebody else in. He has improved as a pass-catching running back. I mean, nobody's ever going to confuse him for, for Alvin Kamara or somebody right. like that, but – in pass protection, he's not somebody that picks up blocks particularly well. He's gotten Tannehill sacked a few times this season. That's not what he's out there to do. But in terms of his speed, when he hits the second level, I mean, the touchdown he had on Monday against Buffalo, I think he was 21.8 miles per hour. At his size, that's like getting hit by a small car. So is the best way to counteract that, I mean, I know way easier said than done, but it seems like second half two score lead because if the Titans need to throw the football, they'd prefer that he not even be on the field. 
Yeah, one of the narratives that a lot of people will push back against here is the idea that you can take Derrick Henry out of the game if you get mm -hmm. a lead early because the Titans aren't going to change what they do. Now, obviously, if you're up three touchdowns, you have to right. start monitoring things. But if they have to go no huddle with them, they'll go no huddle with them. They're going to okay. ride or die with this guy. Now, look, they've got talented wide receivers. Julio hasn't really been available consistently this year, but A.J. Brown's a stud. A.J. Brown most people are starting to learn who he is. And when I, when you go back to the superstar conversation, he's right. on the cusp. I wouldn't say he's necessarily there nationally, but he's on the cusp of it. So they can beat you there if they have to. But the way to take Derrick Henry out of the game is get to third down. If you yeah. can get the Titans to third down and six, he's mm -hmm. off the field. Most of the right. time, you'll, you'll watch this on Sunday. It will happen, I promise you. Your audience, your listeners – uh, you'll look at the sideline. CBS will cut to the sideline, and Derrick Henry will be standing there on third down and five. You're like, why would that guy be out of the game? And it's because he can't protect Ryan Tannehill and Jeremy McNichols or whoever else is going to be better uh, in the flat or in that first level, catching a quick screen or something like that and going upfield with it. You mentioned Julio and Brown. Brown hasn't been practicing this week, but I've sort of just assumed he's going to be okay to go for the game day. Do you think that there's a chance Julio Jones plays in this game? I know he's dealing with the hamstring. Same thing for Taylor Luan. Those seem like the key players on, on offense there. Yeah, Julio's a – if I had to put money on it today, I would say Julio probably is not going to play. That's just okay. a guess. I mean, he, right. uh, you never know, and they keep everything close to it. You know this. I mean, they don't want yeah. you to know this. They don't want anybody in Kansas City. <laughs> they want you to have to prepare for absolutely everything. Of course, yeah. Of course. Yeah, so I, I would tend to think he's not going to play. He's just been nagged. Uh, he was nagged all year, all, all last year in Atlanta. Right. He's he's dealt with, you know, toe issues and stuff like that for years. So I'm banking on him not being available. AJ, I think, plays. When it comes to Taylor, it's weird because right. – protocol and it looked a lot worse in the moment yeah. it's very very hard to predict uh i'd seen you know maybe a stinger something to that degree i guess it just depends i i don't know i'd say it's it's 50 50 right now we're going to learn a lot more after tomorrow's practice as it relates to as it relates to taylor lewan but taylor lewan's been another guy that has it's been really hard to guarantee he's going to be in any game because he's gotten right. hurt so frequently because well Offensive line is not an easy place to live. I wanted to ask you about the pass game, and it seems like wild success in the ground. We just kind of spoke about that, but the pass game has struggled a little bit. Has it just been the consistency of these guys not being able to stay on the field together? I think that's I think that's part of it, Pete, but I, I think even though A.J. Brown kind of tried to downplay this, during the offseason – these guys didn't practice very much. Like when you when when you're sitting there in training camp and Julio's not available and AJ right. is sitting out most of these practices, Tannehill, Tannehill's a really solid quarterback, but who's going to be great with some new weapons when you can't develop the chemistry that you need on field to do something very precise, like throw and catch a football? Natural ability is eventually going to take over. But this offense just didn't get a lot of time to work as a as a full unit. So I think that that's that's part of it. And then the other thing, they, I mean, Tannehill was on pace going into the Bills game to be sacked 70 times this year. Like, I mean, he is getting knocked down and mm. beaten, and it's because of the struggles of the offensive line. We talked about Lawan, Roger Saffold has been banged up this year. Ben Jones has been hurt a lot. Right. The right side of the line is 
questionable at best in terms of what you can actually get from him. Now you've got Ty Sambrello, who's, who's chosen to retire in the middle of the season. The right side of the line is a problem. And if Kansas City wants to try and exploit Tennessee, that's going to be the best way to do it is to come through the right and dare them to try and stop it. So I think that a large part of the passing attack being right. neutered to some degree is just that Tannehill has not had the time for things to develop down the field. And these second-level wide receivers, the Nick Westbrook Aquinas, the yeah. Chester Rogers, the Marcus Johnsons, talented. But there's a re the reason why they're second guys is because they can't create separation the same way that your top-flight guys can. Yeah, so if you're listening to this podcast, that certainly will be a key to watch. I anticipate that Chris Jones will be back in the lineup. It still seems like the Chiefs may play him on the, the left edge position, and so there's a, a vulnerability there. The Chiefs have had a tough time really been able, being able to maintain pressure on the opposing quarterback, so perhaps in a way this could be what the, the doctor ordered. I, I want to switch it to the other side for mm -hmm. you. What do you think the key is defensively for the Titans in this game? defensively against the Chiefs in terms yes. of the Titans defense. The Titans secondary is a problem for okay. the Titans, not for the Chiefs. And Mahomes is not necessarily the quarterback that you want in this situation. They are dangerously thin at corner, suffering a couple of more injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, first round draft pick Caleb Farley's out for the season. And if I'm being 100 with you, uh, Caleb Farley wasn't really ready to be on the field Monday from my vantage point watching Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was out for an entire year. He sat out with COVID. He had already torn one ACL and had back surgery. Now he's torn the other ACL. He, It just wasn't time yet, but he had to be called into action. Um, there's just a lot of inexperience there. There's, there's potential talent, but I am very concerned, if I'm a Titans fan, about how in the world you handle the weapons – and the way Mahomes approaches this offense, especially on the run. If you flush him out of the pocket, he's still one of the most dangerous guys that I've ever seen. I uh, sometimes one yard think from he's the sideline. Yeah, I sometimes think he's better on the run rolling out than he is in the pocket. And you, you could see that sometimes he has a tendency to, to bail out a little bit more quick. And so, yeah, I, I think there is something to that. Yeah, so the secondary is, is where Kansas City can eat, in my opinion. Uh, up front, Jeff Simmons is a heck of a player. And yep. he's taken big time steps. Maybe the best free agent acquisition or just acquisition that this team pulled in the offseason. And I love Bud Dupree to death. And he's still ramping back up. I don't think he should have played in September at all, but he yeah. did. And then he ended up missing a few games. I don't think he was 100%. I still don't think he's 100%. He's coming around, but I don't think he's 100%. Danico Autry's playing great football. Danico Autry has been excellent for this team. And I think he's helped Jeff Simmons up front. Also, Tier Tart up front has been good. Harold Landry's been one of the best linebackers in football this year. Harold Landry's made himself a serious mint. Like, they're going to back up a truck. If they don't, somebody is for Harold Landry. Uh, that has greatly enhanced what the linebackers are doing. There's still some guys out there that you don't like there. And then there's also David Long, who's been the team's leading tackler for the last two weeks, and David Long, who, who supplanted Jayon Brown and took mm -hmm. that starting job. And he looks, he looks the part. I mean, he chased down Josh Allen from behind on Monday night, which, as you know, is not necessarily the easiest task for a linebacker against that guy. No, no, he's a big body guy. I want to ask you about this aspect of it. So the Titans were able to get that regular season game back in 19. Derrick Henry went a little bit wild. The Chiefs were able to curb him in what was the AFC title game. Is there any talk in Nashville in the sense of this could be a quote-unquote revenge-style, revenge-type game for the Titans? 
I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I remember the regular season game, that was when Mahomes was coming back from the injury. I think right. that was the first game back when, when yep. Matt Moore went back to the sidelines. And I thought Moore yep. had played admirably in his stead, even though it's obviously not the same team. And then, look, that playoff run, you guys would fall behind and it wouldn't matter because Mahomes is just that special. Right. And I still think that's the case. I don't think there's necessarily revenge here. I think there's this there's this feeling that Derrick Henry against the Chiefs defense is just sit back and watch this guy rush for 500 yards. <laughs> like because the Chiefs have struggled, you know this. Right. They struggled to contain the run against guys yeah. that aren't Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry's been running the ball effectively against everybody yeah. this year. So on paper, Derrick Henry over 200 should be a lock. But a lot of times right. when you when you actually get to the game, I don't know how, but Derrick Henry's got 50 yards in the fourth quarter. I don't think it will be that stark. I think the over-under that I saw, Foxbet sent me an email a little while ago and said that Derrick Henry's over-under yards is like 129 for this game. I feel pretty confident he'll go over that. But I think it's more just at this point, there's this fervor to want to see Derrick Henry make history and be a running back they believe should be the MVP in a quarterback's league. I, I think it's less about revenge and more about uh, – th- I will say this. There's also a sense here, and people continue to say this, and I keep saying, whatever stock you want to drop, I'm going to pick up, that the Chiefs are done, <laughs> that the Chiefs – that this whole thing, everybody's yeah. caught them, all these quarterbacks yeah. have caught them and all this. And I was just like, you know, I've seen this movie with the Chiefs defense in the first – quarter yep. of the season and then they get a little bit better they do have some dudes like they, they've got some struggling guys as well but they have some guys that can make plays and defense today is really about turnovers and not giving up explosive plays this team the titans have given up a ton of 40 plus yard plays this season and they haven't had all that many to show on the other side so i right. think i don't think there's anything revenge here they don't hate you guys the way they hate the ravens and the way that they hate the Colts. Those two teams, they absolutely <laughs> cannot stand. I remember going to Arrowhead or, or everybody going to Arrowhead and coming back and saying, Chiefs fans were so nice to us oh, in good. Kansas City. So I think that I think that reflected well. Here. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll tell you, if the over-under for Henry is 129, I tend to think it'll be at least 140. That's kind of that's kind of the yardage that I had on, which, you know, if for the Chiefs, they could manage uh, an opposing runner having 140, and, and you could come out and win. Again, it all depends on the game, so we'll see how it goes. I want to end here, and I know you're going to give us an honest opinion because you already revealed you're a Denver Broncos fan. How are, yep. you, how are you picking this game? How do you see it going? I mean, I do think Henry could have a really big day. The Titans love to play up to competition, and Vrabel is good at getting them ready. Yep. The question is, did the Bills win satisfy whatever that craving was so that they just kind of show up normal? Like, is there a like, little bit of a, a hangover effect? Yeah. Not, not necessarily. I mean, it's not a trap game. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, for crying right. out Right, I know what you mean. Right, yeah. right, right. Is there any kind of just a regression to the mean for this team? Because I think when they're just average, they're not going to beat Kansas City. Um, that, that, that would be the way I would look at it. Like I'm trying to figure out who in the world on this secondary can handle your guys down the field. Now I know that Tyreek's been dealing with the quad contusion. He didn't have a great first half against Washington. And then he kind of had a much better second half, uh, his availability and what it is that he's going to be able to give you guys has a, is going to have a significant impact. Kelsey's the guy that I, I just, I don't know. That dude's a unicorn. He's a unicorn at the position. 
And with that quarterback, I just – I think Kansas City is going to win the game. I do. Um, I, I, I'm just not out on them. The other thing, and I'll say this real quick, is four of the six opponents that Kansas City has faced, pretty daggone good. Like, it's right. not like they're out here playing the Jags and the Jets and, and teams like that overall. I mean, they faced off with Baltimore and the Chargers and yep. the Ravens and, and the Raiders when the Raiders were firing. Like, they played some really solid competition. And, yeah, they've given up points. But they, they've given up points to really good teams, um, especially at the time they played them. I mean, you play the Browns right now, it might not be that impressive. But you guys played them in week one, and we're still able to beat them. So right. I, I, I'll go Chiefs. I don't know that it's going to be any kind of a blowout. Wouldn't be shocked right. because the Titans do this to me all the time uh, <laughs> if the Titans did win the game. But I, I feel like the Chiefs by a touchdown is a safe bet. Okay, you just made a lot of friends here in Kansas City, so well, thank you for that. I'm sure uh, he I, is. Nashville can't stand me, so there you go. I'm just kidding. Just he kidding. is Jason Martin, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. Thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride interview series. My pleasure, Pete.